You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the leading SEO, pay-per-click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, OneClick Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, OneClick Lindsay, and today we're talking about everyone's favorite subject, search engine optimization. I have an SEO expert on the line, Mr. Chris Reed. He is the coolest guy in SEO and the founder of Ardor Media Factory. He knows everything about content marketing, content writing, SEO, search engine ranking, keyword research, web analysis, web design, link building, image linking, and the list goes on. But I don't need to sit here and read this list. Why don't we just bring Chris on? Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Lindsay. Sure. So tell us all a little bit about what you do, what your company does, and those kind of things. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we're in the SEO game. Uh, I'm a software engineer myself and uh, fell into it, really. I I was backpacking around the world and uh, ended up trying to make some money online and turned out I was pretty good at it. And uh, we started off in the content development world, uh, building links, essentially. Uh, so over the last six or seven years, we've really perfected uh, link building and the vast majority of our customers, still 80% of our customers would be SEO companies and you know, they, they deal with their customers like face-to-face interactions and sometimes even their websites, and then we do what's called off-page SEO and making the sites the authority. Awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit about link building. I mean, I don't need to tell you that Google doesn't like any of our strategies as SEO companies, so you're out there building links and Google saying, yeah, don't go out and do that on purpose, right? That That, that is a little bit of a truth there. I mean, uh, Google like to think that they own the internet, and <laughs> in, 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 in are some, you saying they don't? Well, well, they are certainly a big player, but you know, it's it's, a, it's an open world there. Uh, one one thing I think is really interesting that gets overlooked is you know the idea behind links. So like Larry Page, the co-founder of Google, who's a you know brilliant man. You know, his his idea was when you're writing a book, if other people reference your book, like when you're doing a thesis for a PhD or something, when people reference your book. Well, the more people that reference your book, the more of an authority you come, become in that area. And he figured, well, that must be the exact same for websites, right? So the more people that are linking to your website, well, the more of an authority you are. So that was the basis of their website, uh, of how Google worked, and it still is how it works. And they've perfected the algorithm more and more every year, and they continue to. So it's you know, certainly a lot harder to game the system, and I would err against gaming the system you know it's it's if you if you create good quality links and get uh, good quality content and get good quality links well then you're making everyone happy so you know google doesn't mind fair enough okay chris i want you to walk me through like you building one link talk to me all the way through that so there's different ways that we can do that you know and not all links are created equal so you know you can make make your own links through social media and facebook and whatnot they're not the most valuable links because they don't come with that much authority behind them. But uh, links that still are very, well, I mean, that, that, that is also debatable. I mean, links that are still valuable are like uh, comment post links. So, you know, I, I have friends in different industries that are real authorities and they are very active in commenting on, you know, different blog posts and active in the community. And those links are great. 
both as a traffic signal because someone will be reading the blog post and they'll see your comment and then hopefully it's added value and then they'll click on it and you know Google can see that too. And one thing to try and conceptualize is Google's algorithms are just trying to work out what humans do too, right? So if they think that's that content is relevant and informative, then they'll pass on kind of that relevant juice. That's what they're, they're trying to do, right? It's, it's not like this big evil search engine. It's trying to just humanize the internet and work out both what the, what the end user, the searcher, is trying to find and you know, trying to work out what every web page is about so it can best match you know, answers to those questions. But uh, I mean that doesn't really answer your your question on building links. So you know you can you can go out and comment links. You can get on you know uh, link exchanges. But one really great tactic is so if you find old content, so some say you're a plumber and you know someone some university has got a article about the best ways to fix a toilet in 2014. Well, you can. Yeah, and it's linking to a, a plumbing website that has that article on there. You can go and contact them and go, well, you know, that's really great content, but you know, it's 2016 now, and there's all these fancy new plumbing tools, and show them, you know, your new content that is much more beneficial. And quite often they will update their links, and then you've got a great university link. Yeah. So, really, what you're trying to do is add value to the internet, which you are, you've just updated the best way to fix a toilet or whatever your niche is. And you know, you've helped the internet uh, you've helped the internet out and you've helped that university out, the person with the link, and so everyone is happy, yeah? Yeah, that's a really great tip. So would you recommend I write my article about fixing a toilet first and then I go out to Google and try to find all those places that reference such an article and then submit it to them or do I go the other way around and try to find some broken links somewhere, then write articles and I, then beg them to include me? How I, do you do that? I would recommend going to find the broken links first to find that there is need for it. So, I mean, like an, another one, so what we're talking about is out-of-date data, uh, out-of-date articles, but broken links is a total another thing. Like, there'll be certainly, like re university resource pages are fantastic for that. Because, you know, a lecturer might, you know, put a, a, you know, a course together, you know, in 2010, and they haven't updated it yet. But whatever website they're referencing doesn't exist anymore. So you, if you provide similar content, then you can help them and they'll update it. So on that way, I would find the broken links first, see that there's a need, and then write the content. But certainly have the content ready before you contact anyone. Fair enough. Can you be more specific on how to find this out-of-date content or these broken links? Uh, with broken links, you can use different crawling tools like Screaming Frog is a good one. But with content, uh, so if you use any sort of keywords that you're looking for, so you know if you're looking for a plumbing keyword, so you could go like how to fix a toilet and 2014 would be a great one, you know? Or, or whatever your niche resources, and then just start scraping the older pages, or even go to the go to the end of Google to look at the older resources. You know. Fair enough. So, would you say, in the world of search engine optimization, rising rising to the top of the search engines, that backlinking is like one of, is it the most important? Would you say? 
most uh, important thing? It's certainly in, in any competitive market, and really every market is competitive on the internet because yeah. it like I mean, there's so many people out there. Like even if you're not a photographer, they'll go and build a website about wedding photography to capture leads and then sell those leads to wedding photographer. You know, it's like renting out space. You know, like so whatever the niche is, it it gets taken up. And uh, I mean, Moz, which is you know an industry power in the search world, they did an article not too long ago about can you and it was entitled "Can you link without links?" Uh, without links, and data suggests no. It's it would be very very difficult to rank any page without the authority that comes with links. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. So we talked about backlinking. Now, before you dive into a backlinking strategy, how important is like performing keyword research before you do that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you don't know uh, what you what what sort of keywords you're going to target, then that's yeah, you're kind of putting the cart before the horse. So. I mean, when we start with any new customer, we have a questionnaire that we give them. And so even a website owner themselves should think about these sort of things. And it's really setting out your goals. You know, what do you want the website to do? What do you want people on your website to do? But where do you envisage them coming from? I mean, like a business owner should know their products and which ones are more valuable than others. Like an interesting example We've got a customer in a in a niche of printer repairs, and we were targeting the higher volume keywords, which are printer repairs. But uh, he makes a significant more money on plotter repairs, which have a fraction of the of the traffic. So you know we didn't think it was very important, but even with that fraction, it is a much more valuable to him. So you know you really need to know your your market, and then go and find find the keywords that fit it. Do you have any recommendations on how a small business owner can do their own keyword research and which ones they should go after? Uh, certainly. I mean, so you know, Google obviously doesn't make money from organic search, which is the search we're all after in search engine optimization, but they do make money out of AdWords, which is their PPC. And I mean, that funds almost all of Google. And so they have to provide a tool so that you can do keyword research to bid on things for AdWords and they give you data and it's it's the AdWords keyword tool. So if you go to adwords.google.com and create an account, it's, I mean, any Gmail account will get you in. Uh, one really sneaky way to do it, well, not that it's sneaky, but look at your competition. Most businesses are a geographical business. You know, most businesses are looking in their area. So... If you don't even have a, a, a great com- competitor down the road, you can look for one on the other side of the country. So you know, if you're in LA, look at you know, someone that's great in New York. Put their, their uh, domain name into the AdWords keyword tool and Google will suggest all the keywords that they'll scrape it off the site and w- try and work out what are the best ones. And then you know, it, it does take a human to look through them and really pick the best. But you know, Google does try and help you as much as they can. That's and that, thank you for that tip. That's excellent. Um, perfect. Okay, so we did keyword research. We talked about backlinks. Um, let's talk about blogging and content on your site. How important is that? And can you give us any tips with that? So I mean, content is everything, really. I mean, 
to, well, to an extent. I mean, without good content, you're not going to get good links. Without good content, you're not going to keep people. So, like one of the one of the signals, like Google looks at over 200 ranking signals, and one of them is bounce rate. So, if you know someone Google's blue widgets and they come to your website and they don't like the content and they come back to Google and then go to another website, well, that's a signal to Google that you're not a very good search result for blue widgets, right? Because people didn't like the content. So if you're not providing people with what they want, then you, you know what are, you, what are you hoping to get in the end? But one thing to really consider is it's no point pumping out content. Like, I mean, I was talking to a client today who was really adamant about how much they wanted to spend on content development. I was like, well, that's great, but if no one's coming to your website to see it, what's the point? Mm. And so a general rule of thumb is the old 80-20 rule, yeah? Spend 20% of your resources on making content and 80% of your resources getting people to read it and promoting your content. And when you say reading your content and promoting your content, do you mean via social media and this backlinking that we were talking about or, or were you talking about something else? I mean, it really depends on niche to niche. Uh, you know, like PPC works great for some niches. SEO works better for others. Uh, social media interaction can be fantastic for, you know, some niches but not for others. Like, uh, you know, if, if you're a... If you're in a niche where people are really engaging, like, you know, maybe even a yoga studio where people really love their yoga and, you know, care about the studio and whatnot, then you can post stuff on Facebook and gets really great interaction. But if you're a plumber, people don't really generally care about a plumber until their toilet breaks. And so if you're posting stuff on Facebook, well, it's, you know, going to fall on dead ears. So you, you really need to think about who your end user is and what their habits on the internet are and the best way to you know, get, get their eyes. Fair enough. Um, okay, so we know that Google takes into account 200 factors. Can you give us three or four more that Google will take into account on determining who comes up first in the search engines? Yeah, so what Google's trying to do is provide the best user experience. So they want to make sure that when you Google blue widgets that you find the most relevant search result and really enjoy your your search. You know, so that the page loads. You know, if your server is often down, well, Google's not very confident that they can send traffic to your website and it'll be there. So that'll hurt. You know, if your page doesn't load fast, you know, people like to click on something and it'll be there. You know, especially on mobile devices. And you know, that's a that's a huge one. If, if your website's not uh, responsive for mobiles or tablets, then it can get penalised. You know, and, and even even that it's mobile responsive, but it really needs to be accessible, so that your content fits the screen and people can see what they want to do. Like Google really tries to envisage how a user is going to use that website and make sure that they're going to have a good user experience. Because if they don't, they're going to go to another search engine or go to Facebook or, or you know f find something else. So it's really important that you know. Google look after their users. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's talk about hiring an SEO company like yours. Um, can you talk a little bit about you, uh, when you're on the search for an SEO company, you'll probably hear the terms white hat, gray hat, black hat. Can you tell us what those terms mean and how we know when we hire an SEO company like yourself, 
what kind of tactics they use outside of them saying, yeah, we just use white hats. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I mean, in real real facts, pretty much everything is grey hat. Uh, but so where it, where it comes across is white hat is meant to be things that Google will condone and black hat are things that Google won't condone. And there are moralistic issues every, everywhere in between and it's up to other people to use their own judgment of what they see fit. So like there's this uh, one uh, link strategy. It's called SAPE links. And safe links come through hacked websites. So people have software that goes and hacks websites. So it might hack your blog and then you can pay to have a link inserted on someone's blog back to your site. And they're cheap and they're really quality links and, and very powerful. But it's, in my opinion, not very ethical. So, you know, that's, that's generally seen as very black hat. Uh, where white hat would be manipulating your title tags to try and fit the keyword that you, you're looking for. You know, so it's, it's playing with your content, which is still manipulating search engines, so is really against Google's terms and service. But you know, who's to say if you, you can't change your title tags? You know? Fair enough. So how do I find the most reputable SEO company then? Uh, I mean, th- this is a really hard question because there are... A lot of charlatans in the in that in the game, so don't get too scared though. But uh, <laughs> one thing that I'd make make clear is if anyone ever promises you something like oh, I guarantee, yeah, I guarantee you the X results or whatever, well they're lying because they don't control Google. Google's the only company that can you know manipulate search results accurately. Everyone else is guessing. If you ask them questions about what well, really, they should be asking you questions. If they're not really giving you, oh, asking of what your business is, what you're trying to achieve, you know, where do you want to be? Like in a year from now, what do you want out of your website? Do you want it to convert more customers to build your brand, whatever? If they don't feel like that they're leading you in the digital marketing world, then they're yeah, probably not a great fit. Fair enough. So... Um would you say like so? How do I? I guess is there a good way to know if I if they're using black hat techniques versus white hat techniques, or if like I'll be ranking number one for tennis rackets today, and then tomorrow Google will do an update, and I will be on page nothing um, because now I'm penalized. Well, is there any way that I would know that not being a tech person if I wasn't? Uh, yeah. Well, that's that is something that can happen if someone's using very black hat techniques that is the risk is that you can get penalized I mean Google uh, a couple of years ago since what is about four years ago now brought out the penguin update which was targeting link developers and the, I, the, what, the what you really need to think about is they're targeting people that are not adding value to the internet so if you're building links and your links are with good quality content on good quality sites, well, it doesn't matter. It's fine because you're adding value to the internet, right? And it's, it's content that people want to read and people want to see and so it's all fine. It's when you're, you're making rubbish just to get a link. So if you're building rubbish sites with rubbish content just to mimic good sites and good links, Google will eventually catch up with you. But in regards to an SEO company of doing these sort of things, well, I mean, 
I gather the only way to know is by asking them how they'll rank your website and they should be pretty honest with explaining what they'll do. I mean, that, that's what we do. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, so I know you get asked this question a lot. How long does SEO take? Like how long before I can actually start seeing traffic coming to my website from you know, organic searches after I hire a company like yours? That, that's the most terrible question. I know. Don't <laughs> hang up on me, Chris. Uh, so it really depends from niche to niche and where your website is. So, I mean, so the first thing we do is have a questionnaire to try and work out what the person wants. The next thing is to work out where they currently are. And what we, where we focus is we figure SEO is like every other form of marketing, that you've got to get that person a positive ROI as quickly as possible. And so we'll go for the low-hanging fruit. So you know, we'll try and find the keywords that they're, that they're on page two for and because you know, they only take a little nudge. It's so much easier to work on something that's on you know, number 11 and getting zero traffic and push that up one spot to 10 and now it's getting traffic than it is for something that's not in the top 200 and you know, try and get that to page one. So if you, can, if you can build up slowly, I mean, so you can find lots of low-hanging fruit and get the customer a positive ROI straight away. And as, as long as they're making more money now to pay for your service, well, they're not going to go anywhere, right? They're the rest, because you know, everything else is gravy. Uh, and, and so then you're building towards the, the more valuable keywords. You know, like, so say you're a, a lawyer and you had some big long-term, you know, how, how do I find the best personal injury lawyer in Miami? Well, that might be easier to rank for than just personal injury lawyer in Miami. So you pick up all these long tails and you know, then get them shorter and shorter and shorter, and eventually you'll already be a lot closer for that you know, personal injury lawyer in Miami. You're probably you know, now already on page two. And so again, it's not that hard to move it to page one. Right, so, right, okay. Does that answer your question? It does. I know, I know I ask the most annoying questions because I get <laughs> asked them a lot. So, um, so I have one final question for you, which is, do you think that a small business owner can should perform SEO on their own site? Like if I go out and Google SEO 101 and can I can I legitimately start ranking if I if I don't want to spend the money on a company like yours or should I just bite the bullet and hire an SEO company to do it for me? Is it possible that I can do it myself? It certainly is. I mean, you I mean like doing things like AdWords is certainly possible to do it yourself. Like it's Google try and make it as easy as possible so that you can set up a campaign. But uh, even with that, uh, we have lots of customers that come to us and we optimize their campaign. You know, they'll be spending $5,000 a month and we'll optimize it and now they're spending $3,000 a month and getting the same amount of traffic. So, and it's, it's just easier to talk in numbers when you speak about AdWords because you can really substantialize everything they're spending. Then on the SEO front, I mean, you, you can, you can produce the content, you can go and get the links, you can change your website. I mean, like, did you build your website or did you go to a web designer? Like, there's, there's generally SEO guys aren't web designers, web designers aren't SEO guys, you know, a plumber's a plumber. It's, in my personal opinion, I, I hire experts to do pretty much everything. I stick to what I'm good at. And in a, as a business perspective, that would be my advice, but 
the basics of SEO are not that hard. So you can certainly at least get a website doing okay probably. Yeah. That's a fair answer. I like that. I usually will compare it for my clients like doing taxes. Sure, you can totally do your own taxes, but an accountant's kind of in, he knows what's going on and he's going to catch a lot more than you would ever catch and do it a lot more efficiently as well. Yeah, and uh, when the IRS comes knocking, you got someone to look yeah. out for you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when Google comes a knocking. So... Um, all right. So finally, you have something really cool to offer one of our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And again, tell anyone who needs who wants to contact you or reach out to you how the best to do that. Yeah, for sure. So like as, as I mentioned, the first thing that we do uh, when we bring on a new client is our questionnaire to work out uh, what they want and what, what their goals and dreams are. And then the next thing we do is an audit to see where they are and how they get there. And that's month one. That's a whole chunk of work. There's you know 200 points that Google look look at in ranking website. We look at every single one of those points to see where your website is and you know how we fix it. And so you know as a thank you to for you having us on the show, I'd like to offer one of those audits for one of your listeners. Awesome, very awesome. How do I how do I sign up for that? So uh, we'll have a link. Uh, I, I'll send it to you, and you can put it in the show notes. Uh, okay. You know, your, your fans can just go there and you know, put in their name and email, and you know, we'll, we'll have, a, have a lucky draw, and you can announce the winner uh, real soon. Sounds perfect. And uh, the final thing, do we find, can you tell us again your website, or do we find you on Twitter? Tell, tell us how to contact you, Chris. Yeah, so again, my name's Chris Reed. That's K-R-I-S, Reed, R-E-I-D. And if I'm from Ardor SEO, that's A-R-D-O-R-S-E-O. And yeah, I'm at chris at ardorseo.com. Perfect. Well, there you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay with trafficandleads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast, featuring online marketing expert One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned, and we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.